Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, hope you guys are having a great day so far. So glad that you guys are tuning in and joining us, One Shot Church, this morning. Uh, man, we count it a privilege and an honor to, to every view, to every like, to every share, to every comment. And we would just encourage you guys to support us in that way, man. Um, we just believe God is doing some great things, and we're just excited uh, to just share about his faithfulness and his fame. And so, man, I have a talk prepared and in my heart, ready to go. But before we get there, I want you to guys to just pray with me for a second. Jesus, I thank you so much uh, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. I thank you that these are your people that I have a, the privilege to stand before or sit before this morning. And um, I just ask that, God, you give me the words to say, that I say something that would encourage someone and help them to take a step closer to trusting and depending upon you, Jesus, and discovering their purpose and who you've called them and created them to be. It's in Jesus' name. Uh, if you agree with me out there in the digital world, if you agree with me, come on, type in the comments, amen. Hit the like button, amen. Love y'all. I got a question for you. How many of you guys like dogs? Any dog lovers? Any dog lovers? Right? I, I really, really enjoy dogs. Now, my wife, on the other hand, Shayla, Shayla does not enjoy dogs at all, but we're going to work on that. But uh, I really love dogs. I enjoy dogs. Grew up with dogs my whole life. And so I, I think I'm pretty good when it comes to in introducing myself to dogs and, and getting to know dogs and leading them and stuff like that. Well, um, I got a buddy named Chris, my boy Chris, you know, my brother from another mother. And uh, he lives in Virginia Beach, and, and my family, we, we drove down there to hang out with him for a few days. And, um, and when we got to his house, Chris has a very, very special uh, dog. And this is a, a German shepherd that he has, right? And I grew up with a German shepherd. I had a purebred German shepherd. I know German shepherds. This is, this is nothing for me, right? So Chris, in order to introduce me to the dog and the dog to me, uh, there were a lot of rules, and there was like, hey, don't look them in the eyes. Here, I'm giving you some food. You got to feed them. And so I'm like, why do we got to do all this just to, just, just to say what's up to the dog, brother? What's going on? What, what kind of psycho killer do you have here? Right? This dog went to obedience school, and I mean, this dog is no joke. You don't want to break into Chris's house because you may not make it out alive for two reasons. One, because of the Second Amendment. The other is because of this dog. Uh, but anyway, so finally, Chris brings the dog out. The dog is kind of going, you know, I'm like, oh my God, what do, what do I do? And the only confidence that I had. Now, I'm not really as scared of dogs like that, but I ain't going to lie to you. I was a little nervous on this one. The only confidence I had was I knew Chris was there. I knew like, yo, I'm looking at Chris and I can see his face and I know at any moment this dog, if he goes uh, uh, crazy on me, right, if he, if he goes bananas, I know Chris and his presence being here can calm this dog down or he can, he can, he can do whatever he needs to do. He can give him whatever the little secret code command that he has for him and he's going to obey. And the reason why I shared that story is because I don't know about you guys, but I was reflecting over my life as it pertains to this message. And there were some new things. There were some things that God was trying to introduce me to. But I'm not going to lie, man. I was afraid. I was like, what, what is this? How do I do this? 
I mean, how many of you guys know that God put a job before you or God put a relationship before you or he put a dream in your heart or he there was something significant and substantial that he was introducing you to and all you could do was freak out. <laughs> all you could do was kind of go, oh, my God, like, am I capable enough? Oh, is this going to work? Is this going to? And sometimes if we're not careful, we can approach life as if God isn't with us. You see, the presence that I had in my, intro, in my, in my introduction to Koa was Chris's presence. And I have to remind myself when I get overwhelmed and when I think that I'm alone and this all depends on me and God isn't with me or God isn't assisting me or helping me, the truth is God is always with me. And the title of this uh, talk that I want to share with you guys this morning is called His Presence, Our Purpose. His Presence, Our Purpose. And there's a guy that we're going to look at this morning. He's undoubtedly one of the most famous men ever talked about probably all over the globe. And, um, and we're going to look at the significant purpose that God had for him, but also the challenge and the heart cry of this man as it pertained to the confidence to do what God called him to do. And we're going, this guy that I'm talking about this morning is Moses. And, uh, and, and the reason why Moses is so significant to me is because he says something in this passage of Scripture that we're going to look at, and he refers to God's presence. And when I was thinking about this word presence, I couldn't help but to think about how we all need presence. We all need the presence of family, of a friend, of a loved one, of somebody who cares for us. Presence is powerful. You know, presence gives us this sense of uh, confidence, this, this sense of belonging, this sense of I can make it. It's like this hope that comes along with presence. We all know what it's like to be lonely at times. And we also know what, it like, what it's like to have uh, a loving presence helping us to navigate life. So without further ado, let's jump into Exodus 33, and we're going to be in verse 12, and we're going to read through verse 23. We're going to do some Bible reading this morning, so hang in there with me. I know y'all ain't been reading the Bible. You've been scrolling on Instagram and Facebook, but we're going to get our face in the book, huh? It's not funny, Armani. <laughs> so we're going to look at verse 12, and it says this, Moses is talking to the Lord, and Moses said to the Lord, look, you have told me to lead these people up. You've told me to lead these people up and out of Egypt, but you have not let me know whom, key word, whom, not what, whom you'll send me with. And what are we, what are we talking about here? Just to give you a little context, Moses has been charged with the responsibility of going to Egypt, a country that he was born and he was raised in and became very influential in the house of Pharaoh. Some things happen. He actually murders an Egyptian, flees to the wilderness, and, he, and he's there for 40 years. Then he has this, 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 this dope encounter with God, and God winds up sending him back to his people in Egypt to stand before the most powerful man on the, on the, on the face of the planet and demand that this Pharaoh let 
his people go. And so Moses goes and, and, and he actually does what God has called him to do. God demonstrates his faithfulness, his glory, his power, and he delivers them from, from, the, from the grip of Egypt. And now the children of Israel are in the wilderness, wandering around, trying to get to the promised land. And this is what Moses has been tasked with doing. So in verse 12, you, Moses is saying, look, God, you told me, lead these people, bring them up. I've done that, but you have not let me know whom you're going to send me with. And he says, you said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor with me. Verse 13, now if, now if I have indeed found favor with you, please teach me your ways, and I, and I will know you so that I will find favor with you. Now consider that this nation is your people. Wow, man, Moses is saying, God, listen, I'm, I'm trying to do what you're telling me to do, but I don't feel confident doing it on my own. I don't, I don't think I'm enough. I don't think I'm capable enough. God, who are you? Who is going to be with me? Help me to know how I need to do this. Show me the way that I need to do this so that I can stay in your favor, God. Now listen to, to God's reply in verse 14. And God replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. God says, Moses, you're not alone. Moses, you're not journeying alone. You're not leading these people to the place where I am sending them to alone. Moses, my presence will be with you. And not only that, Moses, my presence will bring about a rest to you. Wow. And listen to what Moses says. Hey, God, if your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go up from here. Listen, I'm not saying what's up to no dog, Chris. I'm, I could care less about your daggone dog if you ain't going to be there. Now, Chris, if you're going to be there and you're going to instruct me and you're going to make sure if, if, if Cujo snaps, you, you're going to be there to help, help a brother, then, then cool. We can do that. But I ain't that pressed to meet your dog, right? So you can see Moses is like, hey, listen, God. I know what you told me to do. It's big. It's scary. You got me responsible for three million people. Uh, who are you? Who, who, who's going to help me do this? And God says, Moses, I am. My presence will go with you. And my presence will provide for you a confidence, a peace, a rest. And Moses says, God, if your presence, if you don't go with us, don't, don't, don't send us up from this place. God, if, if you're not with me when, when you tell me to go, go love on this person or go start this business or leave this job and quit this job and go do this or, or, or forgive that person who's hurt me for so many years, God, if you're not with me, I don't want to leave. Now, let's listen to verse 16 what Moses says. Moses says, how will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless... You go with us. See, some of us, we, we think that the doors are opening because of our talent and our ability, and we think that the doors or, or the prosperity or the success that's coming our way has got to be because we grind for it. And this is something that I've been telling myself for a while. If I'm more focused on grind than grace, something's wrong. If I'm more focused on my ability to grind than God's ability called grace, then something is wrong. 
And so he says, how will it be known to us and the people that you've sent me to lead that we are walking in your favor? We're okay with you, God, if you don't go with us. Then Moses says, I and your people, how will I and your people be distinguished by this from all other peoples on the face of the earth? So Moses is saying it is the presence of God that distinguishes us. Some of the things that I, that I got from this scripture that I want to share with you real quick. And let me read verse 17, and then I'll share that with you. Verse 17 says this, the Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked, for you have found favor with me, and I know you by name. Right? few things that stuck out to me about this passage is this. God's presence provided Moses with peace. Moses found himself in an, with an ability to rest knowing God was with him. Knowing that, hey, we're in the wilderness, there are armies, there are inhabitants all around. We could be, we could be, we don't have an army. We are a group of slaves who have just been freed. And now God is bringing us into a land that he has called us to inherit. And we have no way of really defending ourselves and protect. How in the world, God, are we going to survive? And God says to Moses, Moses, my presence will be your peace. I'm encouraging you today by the word of God that the peace that you long for is in the presence of God, knowing that God is with you, knowing that God, the creator of heaven and earth, walks with you, lives with you, dwells with you, cares about you, and cares for you. The other thing was this. God's presence provided Moses with a sense of protection. God's presence provides protection. See, I felt like I was protected from Koa if, 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 if the dog was going to snap because of Chris's presence. I know Chris is a crazy dude. He's in shape. I know if this dog wants to get busy, Chris has got this under control, right? Not me, because I'm, I, although I don't know, man. I, I probably would have run and left everybody. I don't even know. But Moses' confidence was in God's presence. You will protect me. There's protection in God's presence. And I want you to know this, man. God is walking with you and he cares for you. And that if we will trust him, if we will believe that, like we will really begin to see the manifestation of how real God is in our lives. Some of us doubt that God cares for us. Some of us doubt that God loves us and walks with us and his presence is with us. And because we allow those fearful thoughts to permeate our minds, it feels like God is so far away that God isn't near and that that couldn't be further from the truth. Another thing is this. God's presence was Moses' provision. You see, there was a situation in the wilderness where the people were hungry. There was another situation where the people were thirsty. But because God was with them, there was provision. I'm telling you something today. There is provision in the presence of Jesus. There is provision in the presence of God. Every day we need to challenge ourselves to say, God, I know that you are with me. I know that my provision is not in how well I perform because that's the temptation. The temptation is to believe that our provision is rooted and grounded and totally hinges on our ability to perform. But God would tell Moses this, your provision 
is based upon my presence being with you. And this is lastly what stuck out to me. The presence of God gave the people a peculiar identity. Moses said, how will we be distinguished from all the other peoples? Moses understood the distinguishing factor. What makes us different is not trying to be more like this person or not taking a little bit from him or her or them or they, but the distinguishing factor on your life is the presence of God. The presence of God is what makes you peculiar. The presence of God is what makes you special. The presence of God is what makes you stand out. My confidence is not in my charisma and my ability to make people laugh or my humor or my intellect. My confidence has to be in God. You call me to do something like you called me to pastor people. You called me to lead people. Right now, there's people depending upon me. There's people looking to me to lead from all over the world. I'm like, oh, my God, who am I? What am I doing? I can't do it without the presence of God. And Rodney, don't get it twisted. People aren't so fascinated with you. People are leaning in and people are trusting and people are gravitating toward the presence of God in and on you. And so God answers Moses in verse 17 and he says, Moses, all that you ask, I got you. Why? Because my presence will go with you. And in verse 18, Moses says something so incredible. Moses says to God, please, God, I know that your presence is with us. And that's given me so much encouragement. But show me your glory. Show me your essence. Show me what, 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 what brings weight to your presence. Show me what, what makes your presence so honorable and so majestic and so glory, uh, uh, so full of glory. Like, show me. Your glory. You see, man, Moses understood something. Moses understood that he couldn't fulfill God's purpose for his life apart from God's presence in his life. Moses understood I can't fulfill the the, the purpose on my life apart from your presence, God, in my life. And he asked Moses to show me your glory. In verse 19, Moses said, Uh, in, In verse 19, God answers Moses and God says this. He says in verse 19, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. Listen to that. Moses asked God, show me your glory. Show me what show me the 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 essence of who you are. And listen, and why is this so important to presence? We're going to find out real quick. Moses says, show me your glory. Show me your essence. Show me what makes you you, God. And God's response was this. I'm going to make my goodness pass before you. You see, the reason why I covet the presence of God, the reason why I love the presence of God, the reason why I want to be reminded of the presence of God is because of this scripture right here. I know that the essence of who God is, is good. I know that he is good. I know that he loves me. And I know that, listen, if he is the epitome of good, if he is the pinnacle of what goodness is, I can trust every single thing that he would ever instruct or lead me to do because he is good. 
Wow, man, let that sink in, that the, that the goodness of the Lord is always with you. The goodness of the Lord is always with you. His presence, which is full of goodness, is full of glory, is always with you. That will comfort you, man. That will, that will comfort you when, when God gives you something that you feel like is far out of your league, something that's far out of your reach and, and, and capability to know that you're not alone. God is with you. Let me hurry up. And so he says, I will make my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Verse 20, but he added, you cannot see my face for humans cannot see me and live. For the Lord said, here is a place near me and you are to stand on the rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And verse 23, then I will take my hand away and you will see my back, but my face you will not see. And you guys can continue on reading, but God does exactly that. He comes down on this mountain and he reveals himself to Moses. And some of us would say, well, God, how come you don't reveal yourself like, to, like that to this day? God is revealing himself in a very real way. It may not be coming down on a mountain and it may not be him shining and thunder and earthquakes and lightning. But I promise you, if you want to know, if you want to receive the confidence of God's presence, all you have to do is receive Jesus because Jesus is the fullness of what God's presence means to us. When we look at Jesus and we see his generosity, we see his love, we see his peace, we see his patience. When we see the compassion and the gentleness of the Lord, the spirit of Jesus Christ is with us. If you have confessed that Jesus is Lord, if you believe that there is no other way for your soul to be saved from, from the dead state that it was in, from the separation that, 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 was, that was between us and God, if you believe that there was no way for that space to be filled, no matter how much you prayed, no matter how much you worked, no matter how much you gave, no matter how much you did, there was nothing that could bridge that gap and save you other than the precious sacrifice and the finished work of Jesus Christ. If you believe Jesus today, God says, I'm not just going to be with you and there's going to be a, 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 an opportunity where I may leave you depending on how obedient you are. No, God says, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. God says, I will be with you even to the end of the age in Matthew 28. And listen, there are some places where you're supposed to go and you're going to need the confidence to be there. There's going to be some rooms and some environments that God is going to place you in and you're going to need confidence to be there. And your confidence to be there is going to be the fact that someone very powerful is with you because we all have something much greater than what Moses had. Moses would long to live and to experience what we have today. We have the perpetual and permanent presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus never leaves us. The presence of Jesus is always with us. In John chapter 14, Jesus says that 
him and his father would make his home in us. That's how, that's how God feels about you, is that he wants to dwell with you. In Revelations 21, it says that the dwelling place of God is now with man forever. God has always wanted to be with you. My question is, and my question to myself and my question to you is, do we feel the same about God? Do we value his presence? Do we value how his presence entered into our lives? We're going to talk about that next. In Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 1 and 10, I'm going to read this for you real quick, and then I'm going to stop and share some things, and then we're uh, just about finished for today. In Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, and uh, we're going to start in verse 2, and he says, And you were dead, you and I, all of us, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. That means that there were laws, there were rules, there were, there were, there were instructions that God gave all of us, and we failed them, and we broke them, and we sinned miserably, which caused us to be dead. And I tell everybody, Jesus did not come back to make, to make good people better. Or he didn't come back to make bad people good. He came back and he shed his blood to make dead people alive. Man, praise God. Verse 2, in which you once walked. So he says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. We were all sons. We were all offspring of the wicked one. We were all, which means God was technically our father. He was our creator. But relationally, he was not our father. We did not belong to him. We were dead and separated from him. Verse three, and he says, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath. What does that mean? We were by nature put in a position where the only thing we were, we deserved to receive from God was wrath, was judgment. Hallelujah. But because the reason why I'm saying hallelujah is because what happens next, right? He says, we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Verse four, but God, come on, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us. But God, but God, but God being rich in mercy and he loved us with a great love. Listen to what he says in verse 5. He says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive, keyword, together with Christ. Let me just talk for a moment. You are alive today, not because of your religiosity. You are alive today, not because, you know, you prayed the prayer as a kid or you got baptized in, into some water, you are alive today because God came down, lived among us, dwelt among us, lived as one of us, and he died representing all of us. 
and he shed his blood and his blood atoned for all of our sins. And those that believe and receive this gift of Jesus now receive his own very life. You have forsook your dead life that died with Christ at the cross, and now you have received his very new life. And you live together with Christ. I want, you, I want to emphasize that word together because he is with you. You are with him. Hallelujah. Made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, verse 6. And Christ raised us up with him, with him, with him. We have been raised with him and seated us with him. Are you hearing that? You are with him and he is with you. It says that he raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of your works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Wow. The fact that Jesus died for me and provided a death for me, I died with him, and God sees the deadness of my sins and my trespasses with the crucified body of his son. And as Jesus pays the penalty for my sin and trespasses in full, when he is justified because he died innocently, he offered himself as a sacrifice for us. So death did not have the legal rights to keep him in the grave. When he rises from the grave, guess who rose with him? in newness of life, you and I. God caused us to, to be made alive together with him, raised up with him, seated in heavenly places with him. I want to encourage you today. The presence of God is with you. The presence of God will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. And he is in you by his spirit. And I want to leave this point with you. Our performance is connected to his presence. Our performance is connected to his presence. If you want to perform well, then I guarantee you, when you learn to practice the presence of God, when you learn, listen, my kids behave well when I'm in their presence. My kids, I, my presence remind them of who they are. My presence reminds them of, of, of the values and the principles that our family live according to. And when I'm in their presence, it causes them to have a confidence. It causes them to remember who they are. When they're tempted to do something dumb, they don't do it because they go, oh, no, man, my dad's here. Like, no, that ain't, that's not our way. That's not how we do things. That's not how we live. That's not the Caldwell uh, way, right? 
So our performance is connected to his presence. Here's another thing. Our purpose is connected to his presence. Just like Moses, what God called Moses to do, Moses knew he couldn't do it without the presence of God. What God is calling you to do and what God is calling me to do, we cannot do it apart from the presence of God. And we can think all day long that we can and we can believe and we can trust and we can believe that we have the talent. We have the grind. We don't need the grace of God. No. In order to fulfill this great purpose for your life. Man, look at me right now, because some of you, some of you are going through it mentally. Some of you are are giving up. You're allowing anxiety and depression to, to sell you lies that are not true. Your life has meaning. Your life has value. God loves you and cares for you. You want to know how valuable you are to God? Look at the cross. You want to know what your life means to Jesus? Look at what he did for you at the cross. So when you're tempted to give up, when you're tempted to feel like, man, who cares about me? Nobody thinks about me. I'm alone. You need to know this. You are worth the crucified body of Jesus Christ. You are worth the blood of Jesus Christ because God determined that. And you are not alone because when you receive him, if you receive him today, you will remain with him and he will remain with you forever. Man, be encouraged. Hallelujah. Last point or second to the last point. What God is calling us to do can only be done because of who he is. What God is calling us to do can only be done because of who he is. I'm just here for the ride. I'm just here for the journey. My responsibility is to wake up every day and knowing that God is with me, knowing that God is good, knowing that he is good and he loves me with a great love, Paul says. So why can't I trust him? Why shouldn't I trust him? I think his goodness and I think his love demands is worthy of my trust. Hallelujah. Last point. Jesus promised us his presence. But his presence came at a great price. You see, a price was paid for the presence of Jesus to be mine. A price was paid for me to live with and experience the presence of Jesus every day. It was free for me, but it cost God everything. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you today. You are not alone. And you are capable. You are able. Why? Because he is with you. The able one is with you. The capable one is with you. And he will never leave you alone. He will never forsake you. I've been left by people. I've been abandoned by people. I've had people give up on me, Mm, but I've never had God give up on me. In the darkest days of my life, Jesus was right there with me. And he will be right there with you. My encouragement to, to you today is to understand this. His presence is directly connected to your purpose. You can't fulfill your purpose apart from his presence. We need Jesus, and Jesus loves you and wants you, wants to be with you. He chooses you. So if you're here today and you've, you've, you, you've been pricked by some of the things that I've said and 
and you feel like, man, wow, I don't know if I've ever really like heard something like that before. I don't know if if I've ever really made like Jesus my Lord. And what does that mean? That means you surrender to his goodness. You surrender to his love and you believe he is the only way for you to be saved. Him. Jesus says, no man can come to the father except through me. Either Jesus is a lunatic who confesses to be God or he is the son of God. He's not just a good teacher. He's not just a, a, a good moral person. No, Jesus is God in the flesh. And Jesus is extending his hand to you this morning. And if you want to receive his hand, I want you to just pray this prayer with me real quick. And if you pray this prayer, man, just comment, hey, I prayed. Or go to oneshotchurch.com uh, forward slash connect and let us know. Tell us about it. Right? But repeat after me. Say, Jesus... Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving me your life. Thank you for allowing me to have eternal life because of your finished work. I trust you. I give my life to you. I confess my dependency upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. I don't know about y'all, but I preached myself happy this morning. And I just want to, once again, man, thank you guys for tuning in and encouraging us uh, with your presence. Um, like I said, man, one of the ways you can help us is like this video, share it uh, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Just share it, man. Let everybody hear what Jesus is doing because I believe that he is the greatest news ever to be spoken. And uh, so love you guys. Can't wait to see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. One Shot Church, this is your boy Rodney, and I'm out.